text for our meditation today is taken from Luke chapter 12, and we will focus on verse 48. This is at the end of Jesus' parable of the uh, faithful steward and unfaithful steward. And at the beginning of that parable, he says these words, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Then he concludes with these words. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. may be seated. While in seminary, I worked at a uh, car dealership in town, and there was a woman who, a customer that would come in there frequently, she owned two vehicles that she had purchased uh, through that car dealership, and um, one of them was a truck, the other was a really hot sports car. And she would come in every year, I was told, and replace these two vehicles. The manager knew her a little bit, she was from somewhere in southern Minnesota, and Apparently, at a very young age, in her early 20s, her parents had died, and she inherited this large estate. And she took about three or four farms that she had inherited and sold them and uh, took the millions of dollars that she gained from that and was just blowing through it like crazy. And uh, you could tell by the way she treated her vehicles every year that she brought in uh, to to, uh, resell for us or that we took and resold. Uh, you could tell that uh, she wasn't taking care of things the greatest. Apparently, according to the manager who knew her, her life also involved a lot of alcohol and substance abuse. He was so bugged at her, I remember, and others that knew her would talk about her with such disdain. It's hard for us to watch people who have been blessed with a lot just kind of take it for granted and treat it so carelessly and everything. And even in the secular world, when somebody manages gifts and blessings that they've been given in a way that that seems to be so shabby and so careless, uh, that kind of irks us. There's something about it that, that really gets to us. What applies in the secular world also applies in the spiritual realm, and that's what our Lord is teaching us today. That the blessings that God gives us, whether they are temporal or spiritual, the, uh, the blessings that God gives to us in this life, he cares how we manage those gifts and how we manage those blessings. And I know for myself, I am very tempted to take whatever gifts God gives me and to, to not necessarily take care of them the way I should, to kind of take them for granted, to, to maybe even use them in a way that, that God would not want. And it's easy for me to allow the focus of my attention in my heart and mind to be on earthly matters and just what I can get from something and how it can benefit me uh, rather than how I can put those to use in God's kingdom. And so there's a lesson I know in here for me. Anytime I read these parables about the stewards, uh, there's a lesson in here for us about, about how we can be tempted to be so careless with the gifts God has given us. And if you read this parable, Jesus is giving a very sharp and harsh warning. He's really asking us to take a spiritual evaluation of our lives. The unfaithful servant that he talks about in that parable 
was very informed of what the master wanted him to do. He knew exactly what the will of his master was. And he knew what would please his master. And yet, when the master returns and finds that he had not been taking care of the duties he had been given and treating everything so recklessly, he's very angry with him and upset with his lack of stewardship. In fact, listen to this line in Jesus' parable. He says, when the master returns and finds this, he will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. So the point Jesus is making for us is this. Don't take these matters lightly. Don't take matters like this lightly when it comes to our daily lives. It's, it's easy for us to be tempted to kind of forget about when our Lord is going to return. It's easy for us to, to just assume that things are just going to go on and go on and go on. But that's not always the case. Years ago, a member of a church I was serving uh, down in Florida, we had a lot of winter members, snowbirds they called them, they would be down there for three or four months. And one of them called me and asked if I would come and visit him and his wife because something had happened to some friends of theirs. And apparently at his home congregation up in Wisconsin, the chairman of the congregation, who happened to be a good friend of his, uh, died very suddenly of a heart attack in the arms of a woman of the evening. And this was very upsetting, obviously, to this man and his, his wife, as well as, I'm sure, the congregation and uh, the wife of the man who died as well. It's easy for us to take for granted uh, the length of time that God may allow us to have in this world as well. So the stewardship that our Lord is addressing here is the stewardship that goes on inside of a person's heart, inside of our souls. You know, what, what motivates you? What motivates you as a Christian? You know, if God wanted to, he could, he could have a terrorist come into the sanctuary and put a gun to your head and force you to pray or to sing hymns, or to give money to the church, or to do something, or to act a certain way. God could use force and intimidation to get you to do what he wants. He could, he could scream at you that you're going to go to hell if you don't do such and such. But that's not the way that the God of heaven has chosen to motivate his church. Instead, he comes to us through the gospel through the wonderful news of Jesus Christ, our Savior. He comes to us in our lives with the precious knowledge that no matter how bad our lives have been, no matter how, no matter how wicked and evil we have done certain things, that God is gracious and forgiving. And because of the blood of his Son has wiped all of that guilt away and sees you now as a holy saint. And he gives you the promise of going to heaven. He gives it even to the most vile and wicked of sinners. And he puts that beautiful promise in front of us with no strings attached. It's absolutely free. This beautiful, precious gospel. And he says, just believe it. It's all been done. It's all been taken care of through Christ. Just trust in him. And that's how he makes us stewards. That's how he gives us our stewardship as his children in this world. He motivates us through love, not by force or intimidation. Right down the hill from Bethany, out on Madison Avenue, on about what's called 7th Street, there's a new restaurant that's being built. 
It used to be a Chinese restaurant, finally went out of business during COVID, and it's being turned into, I've been told by the workers, a taco place, yes. And uh, anyway, uh, it's interesting that the owner of that has now taken that building that's been there most of my life and is refurbishing it, putting a new covering on it and redoing the interior and everything, keeping the property and a lot of the structure of the building, but is repurposing it for a whole new reason. And that's really a, a picture of what the Holy Spirit does when he comes into the hearts of sinful people like us and causes us to believe in Christ. He takes our, our minds and our talents and our abilities and he repurposes them. He reshapes them to use them to glorify God and to serve the kingdom of God. And you can see that in a couple examples, a number of examples in Scripture. Think of St. Paul, someone who was fighting against the gospel, using all of his talents and efforts to do that. And yet, once he's brought to faith, he is using those gifts to glorify God. Zacchaeus, as soon as Christ comes into his home and speaks the gospel to him, his heart is converted and changed, and he immediately starts to think of ways that he can now show glory back to God by bring, giving back money he's stolen from people. Even the thief on the cross in the final hours of his life, uh, think, think how he had used his mouth probably throughout his life, and yet here he is pinned to a cross, comes to faith in his Savior, his promised paradise, and he begins to confess Christ. He begins to rebuke the other malefactor who's making fun of Jesus. He, he begins to pray. Even him, even there, he's being repurposed by the Holy Spirit as a steward and is managing the gifts that God has given him in a way to glorify Christ. And the demands and expectations that the master places upon those to whom he has given these gifts are going to be in proportion to the amount of gifts and blessings that he has given. And that's true whether it's in temporal matters or in spiritual matters. Listen to Jesus' words again. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. My brother passed away about a half a year ago last week. And this is a verse, whenever I read it, I think about him. Because he used to quote this to me when we were like in high school, college, and when I was in seminary. And he would say, just remember, to everyone to whom much is given, much will be required. And what he meant from that is think about the blessings that God has given us through his word. Think of the opportunities that we have had to know the gospel and to come to faith in Christ. Think of the, of the bounty that God has dumped on us in our lives to be members of his kingdom. Some of you have heard me tell the story before of a, a lady in uh, years ago, a church I was serving, who came to me after I'd been there about six months, and she was very sad, and she said, I want you to know something about me so you understand. I don't give any money to the church, and the reason I don't give any money to the church is my husband will not let me. He's an unbeliever, and he hates Christianity. And she said, I feel bad that I can't give anything to the church. So if there are any jobs you have that I can do to help take care of things around the church, please ask me to come. I'll do it. And she said, I feel so bad about this. And I said, you know, God has all the money he wants. I mean, he can always make more. God, God has all the gold and the silver that he wants. What he really loves to see is a heart that loves him. That's your stewardship. 
I said, that's what he loves to see going on inside of you. Now, the same wonderful concept applies in the, in the spiritual realm for us. Jesus said, blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will make him ruler over all that he has. The primary concern God has for us is how we manage the spiritual blessings he's given us through faith in Christ. Faithful stewards of Christ always have a mind and an eye focused on heaven and on the fact that Christ is coming back to take us there. And our salvation is just a free present from God through the work of Christ. And yet for those who possess it, God loves to look down into our hearts and lives and to see appreciation for that wonderful gift that he's given us. Think, think about the woman who came to cry at Jesus' feet when he was at a dinner table with the Pharisees and scribes. And this woman who had lived such a sinful life and whom Christ had now forgiven so tremendously, she comes in and shows such gratitude and appreciation. She begins crying on his feet and wiping his feet with her tears. And he turns and admires that, recognizing her appreciation of his marvelous grace. So your master who's blessed you with that same grace and has blessed you with stewardship as well for the blessings in your life, he loves to see that activity worked in our heart by the Holy Spirit. And he says to us to be ready for his return. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Amen. Please rise for prayer. Please take out your hymn book, if you would, and turn to page 160 in the front portion of the hymn book. Page 160. And you'll find prayer number 99. We will use that in unison today. Please join me. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you have bountifully given us your blessing and our daily bread. We beseech you, preserve us from covetousness, and so enliven our hearts that we willingly share your blessed gifts with our needy brethren, that we may be found faithful stewards of your gifts and abide in your grace when we shall be removed from our stewardship and shall come before your judgment through our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen.
triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Go in peace.